Welcome to Inside Michigan Business. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Now, today's episode is brought to you by StartupNation.com, one of America's leading sources of entrepreneurial content to help you start and grow your own business. If you're thinking of starting a business or growing your existing one, check out StartupNation.com. Now, on today's episode, we're thrilled. We've got Howard Handler with us. Since 2019, you're the president of 313 Presents, and in that role, you're charged with establishing the vision and strategy, guiding the company's operations, partnerships, and long-term growth. You've got a storied career in the entertainment business, Howard. You've established yourself as an entertainment and sports industry innovator. Your track record includes uh, world-class companies such as Major League Soccer, Madison Square Garden, Virgin Mobile, National Football League, MTV, Saturday Night Live. Wow. Both music, entertainment in general, sports. You've covered the gamut. You bring your uh, now skill set and knowledge base to Detroit to lead entertainment here in our great city. We're thrilled to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, it's really good. And the entertainment business, wow, you talk about, first let's, let's kind of talk about where we are today with the entertainment business. You guys are right in the epicenter of it all. Little Caesars Arena here in Detroit, the historic Fox Theater, Comerica Park, Pine Knob. Wow, that's it in Detroit. That's well, where the action is. And uh, yeah. tell us, kind of you know, coming off the pandemic, the business is always challenging, but your business in particular, the notion of getting a lot of people together and, you know, how you come off of the challenges the pandemic presented to getting a lot of people together. And now coming into a year where I think we're, you know, you guys back in July made the shift to having live events again. You were rolling, you are rolling again. And here we go now, I think uh, coming now out of the 2022 version of the pandemic with uh, Omicron, we're, we're, you guys are positioned for some serious growth. Tell us kind of where you are and where the live entertainment business is today. Well, 313 Presents is fully back to live, and we have been in a good rhythm putting on live shows and gathering lots of happy people really since late June of, of 2021. Chicago was the first major artist that, that came back and, and uh, opened back up at Pine Knob, but even a few weeks before that, we had Jamie Johnson at Michigan Lottery Amphitheater, and we did a little bit of an experimental thing at Meadowbrook with the Michigan Opera Theater. They staged, in conjunction with the DSO, this really wonderful, ambitious production of Cavalleria Rusticana. It was not full capacity, but it was uh, such a special night because everybody was back together for the first time. People were uh, dying for it, hungering for oh it. I mean, entertainment God. is such a huge part of our lives, a huge part of our culture. Yeah, uh, but, and, but, but at the base of it is, is just a basic confidence in gathering and feeling safe. And that was something that, you know, slipped away from us in March of 2020. Leading into that, 2019 was a record year for the live mm -hmm. entertainment business. Mm -hmm. And 313 Presents had an extraordinary year, you know, over 350 shows, live shows across all six of our venues. You know, we probably entertained two and a half, three million people when, when all was said and done. And then it all came crashing down in March of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And we had to, you know, really do some soul searching and figure out, you know, how were we going to come back? When was it appropriate to come back? Mm -hmm. It led to some really constructive dialogue among all the different players within the industry and a lot of people who were 
competitors. We're starting to get more comfortable talking to one another because more than anything, whether it was the concert business, Broadway, movie theaters, you name it, we all wanted to figure out a way to get back to live. During that period when people were staying at home and quarantining and we were going through those worst months of 2020, we still figured out a way to fulfill our mission and entertain people. We took advantage of the parking lot at, at Pine Knob. We did a drive-through dinosaur show. I, I was there with my kids. Oh, man. It was yeah. amazing. Jurassic right. Quest. It, right. was, it was Jurassic right. Quest. And, and it was one of these things where people just got to let a little bit of fresh air sure. back into their lives. And I just remember these carloads full of squealing kids. Of course. And, As I say, I was there. It was great. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, but back to what you said, fundamentally, people yearn to be around other people. Yeah. And and to be with their friends, but there is nothing like when the lights go down mm. and the sound comes up and and seeing your favorite artist or band and and kind of singing along to everything that you know. And we're there. We're in a groove. I mean, you we know, are there. We are yeah, there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So really, last year we did over a hundred live events. Again, beginning in that you know kind of late June, early July period. Mm -hmm. We did a couple shows at Comerica Park across, you know, DTE, Energy Music Theater, yeah. now known as Pine Knob, again, mm -hmm. Meadowbrook, Freedom Hill. I mean, you know, and then in the fall with Little Caesars and the Fox Theater, we did yeah. over 100 live events. So, Howard, you mentioned you did 350 live shows in 2019. Yes. Setting a record. And so let's use that as a benchmark, a taking off point. Do you say we're back? We're there. How does 2022 look to you in terms of the schedule ahead in 2022 versus 2019? Well, 2022 will be another record-breaking year for 313 Presents, and I would imagine the industry. First and foremost, the touring industry loves Detroit. Detroit is a go-to destination. It's always at the top of the routing sheet because, honestly, We've got some of the best fans, you know. Bob Seger said it on the on the Live Bullet record, uh, you know, a million years ago. Detroit audiences are the greatest rock and roll audiences of the world. You know, he knew that for ten years, and that's just remained true. What is that, and where does that come from? That's actually one of the things I want to talk about. It's in our DNA here in Detroit: sports, yeah. music, entertainment. Say, man, people, where does that come from? You know, I grew up here, so I'm I'm a little bit biased, but I think that there is a kind of a hunger and passion, and on some levels, it's a bit of a rite of summer in particular that when the weather starts to get warm, you're going to head out to Pine Knob and Meadowbrook. Or down to the ballpark, and, whatever it yeah, may be. It's and, just... and, you know, it's, it's like we, you know, I remember being in school in Ann Arbor, the, you know, the first minute that the weather was a little warm, we were all out in our shorts running around. But I also think that, you know, just beyond the fandom and the passion to be with other people, you know, it owes to some of our musical heritage. You know, sure, of course, you know, roots like, of Motown, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, Motown it's, yeah. and everything that was going on in the Grandy Ballroom and, and, you know, the MC5 and Iggy. And I, I mean, and all the bands over many, many years 
that adopted Detroit and called Detroit home. You know, if they, you could win Detroit, you were somebody. I mean, that yeah. really that really was a a, a platform for, oh, yeah. for for national exposure, worldwide exposure. Detroit was a place to make your career if you were in the entertainment business. It's true, you know, and it goes back to you know bands like Aerosmith and Jay Giles and. You know, Peter Frampton looks yeah. at, at Detroit as a, you know, kind of a home away from home. Yeah. So there's there's a whole bunch of things, but we have these wonderful world-class venues. Yeah. You know, Little Caesars Arena is absolutely state-of-the-art. It's a pleasure to be there. You know, we can accommodate 14, 15,000 people when we sell out a, a concert. And I want to go back. So, so 2022, it'll be another record-breaking year, as you put it. It'll be a big year for entertainment in Detroit, for the business, for you guys at 313 Presents. I have to ask, just going, going back to our discussion about, you know, live coming back and so on, will there be a lingering effect of the pandemic in terms of really I'm focused on technology? You know, we went to, as you say, dinosaurs in the, in the, in the parking lot. And of course, we went to a lot of online events that substituted for a while. We were able to find some, you know, novelty in that and satisfaction in that for a while. But what's the lasting effect, if any, uh, from the pandemic in terms of a shift in what we'll experience as fans? Well, I think that, you know, it goes back to some of what we were starting to get to a little, little bit earlier, which is really thinking through very carefully what the guest experience is. And it begins with things that people can't even see our ventilation, how we clean our buildings. Sure. And then it it relates to something that we call ingress, which is how somebody actually enters a venue. And certain artists for a period of time wanted us to check vaccination status. There mm-hmm. were other artists, Harry Styles, you know, asked everybody to wear a mask. And I'm not sure if some of those things actually continue, but we do a whole range of things backstage to protect artists and to make them feel comfortable because they're vulnerable. They're traveling from city to city and hotels and, you know, different restaurants, and they're in a million different environments. So some artists even have a COVID compliance officer mm-hmm. um, traveling with them. Uh-huh. You know, the touring community's got very, very creative in terms of how to rally and how to protect themselves because, Mm -hmm. you know, honestly, we're not completely done with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It is a bit of an obstacle course. There have been some shows that have gotten canceled. There probably will be more. Right. And so we have to do everything that we can to make sure that people feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. I mean, taking a page out of Walt Disney's book, right? Making sure all the little things behind the scenes are done that people don't, as you say, don't really experience or know about or focus on, but it's there and it fundamentally serves the the overall experience in the absence of it being there, whatever it may be. You know, those are the kinds of things that can otherwise uh, uproot a great experience and make it otherwise. Yeah, there's also some other things, you know, we're really not handling cash anymore. So we're trying to create a touchless, cashless environment, because I think everybody's, whether they're conscious of of it or not, they've kind of, you know, modified certain behaviors in terms of, you know, how they do interact with crowds and how they do walk into restaurants or venues and stuff like that. So we've we've tried to rise to that occasion. And I think that our team is, is, you know, quite extraordinary. And, And again, like I said, we all talk to each other. 
around the country and around the world in terms of, okay, how are we going to get back to this business that we right. love? I mean, like any industry, there are best practices and you guys are, I'm sure, learning from one another, experimenting and seeing what's, what's working, what's not and so on. And it goes beyond health and safety. I mean, there's no question technology is fast moving. I think the pandemic accelerated a lot of uh, aspects of technology in various industries and certainly in yours. I want to ask about one in particular. What will be the future of online? Uh, you know, uh, now that we, you know, we, we had it, as I said, as a bit of a novelty that substituted for the live experience before. What's its role going forward? Will we see live streaming yeah. uh, the growing and, and, and what role will it play going forward? I think that streaming did establish itself during the pandemic. There's companies that are out there like Veep and Mandolin in particular. There, there's a whole bunch more, but they're creating additional opportunities for fans to see shows who just might not be in the area. They could be homebound. Mm -hmm. And it's an additional revenue stream sure. for, for our industry. It's not going to ever substitute for, for a live experience that you know visceral live a you know rush that you get when when you're with everybody but it's a business that certainly we've got our eye on and and, yeah. and is interesting yeah you know i think the entertainment business obviously now in 2022 and beyond is poised to uh, you know be a growth industry once again i think in particular because as young people grow up and we focus more and more and more on the experience economy you know people are not as focused on buying and collecting things as much as they are. It's a lot more about experience and spending their hard-earned dollars on a, on a great memory, creating a great memory, and, and that comes from a great experience. The industry's poised for growth, isn't it? For that reason and a lot of others, but you see growth in the future for you guys and yeah, for the industry in general. For sure. I mean, I, I, I do think that, that you've put your finger on the zeitgeist. People do want to make memories. We talk about providing access to amazing moments mm. um, and those things yeah. that, that, you know, people will remember forever and share with their friends and, and, and family. And those things are, you know, to steal the old MasterCard line, it is priceless. And, you know, that was one of the interesting things about announcing the return of Pie Knob is it just tore open all of these memories that came gushing through and, you know, different radio stations spontaneously did call-ins and people were sharing, running with their coolers to hit the lawn or I got engaged Those are know, the memories. at this, at Those this are, show. Right, and, right. And, and so, yeah, we, we feel really good about that. And I do think at the end of the day, when you speak to artists themselves, it's like, they feel most alive when they're on the road and they're able to engage with their fans. And honestly, that's where they make their living. The music business, the entertainment business in general is complicated. But as we sit here today, an artist can go on the road and, and command a great living. The artist that is playing, you know, for 500 people all the way to the artist that's playing for 50,000 people. Well, I think live events, uh, live appearances now account for roughly so $30 billion industry, whereas uh, streaming, all of streams around a $20 billion industry in 2022 is projected. So absolutely, it's the live events where these artists today are making their money, especially, you know, we all know the issues Spotify is having with artists and uh, they get their uh, pennies at the other end of, uh, of all of this from a streaming platform perspective and the revenue that comes from streaming music. But live events... 
that's where the meat is today. That's where the focus, that's where artists are making their money, isn't it? Yeah, well, listen, that you know, and that's that's the business of 313 Presents. We love it, and both of our owners are very passionate about that. So we're, we're right there with you. Yeah. Tell us about, you know, the history of the family's interest in the in the entertainment business, the Illich family. You know, was this something that kind of happened because they owned a sports team, which then put them in position to have a stadium, which then led to them being in the entertainment business? Or has this always been a passion and focus of the family all along? Well, 313 Presents is a joint venture between Illich Sports and Entertainment and Pistons Sports and Entertainment. So both owners had these really robust entertainment businesses. Now, you have to remember, you know, the Palace was a phenomenal place to Mm. see a concert, and they own, and still do, own Pine Knob and our relationship with Meadowbrook and then ultimately, you know, Michigan Lottery Amphitheater at Freedom Hill. The Illiches, I mean, Mike and Marion Illich were complete visionaries when they bought the Fox Theater in 1987 because, you know, I don't don't know if most people really recognize that that was one of the real beginnings of the Renaissance Mm -hmm. that we're all, you know, participating in today and what is now the District Detroit and, you know, the status of one of the only cities in America that has the four major sports teams all within walking distance of one another. When the Pistons made the decision to leave the palace and to come back downtown, mm-hmm. and, you know, I was one of these kids that used to go see the Pistons at Cobo and, right. you know, used to cruise down the lodge and, you know, figure out a way to, you know, get in and see, uh, you know, Bob Lanier and, well, I think there is something, too, that adds to the experience going to a downtown environment. You know, you come from <sighs> so your true. suburb, you go to the it, the palace was amazing. No question for all the reasons we know. But to go downtown, it's a different kind of thing. The gravity of that, you know, yeah. going downtown, being in the epicenter of a great well, city and the so, buildings and the lights and the, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so so right? I, I talked about, OK, so the Fox Theater was the beginning, but, you know, Joe Louis Arena was another place where artists could come and these big arena tours were either playing at the Palace or at the Joe. And, you know, obviously Comerica Park, the Fox Theater, as as we discussed, but it was a real breakthrough moment when Illich's decided to build Little Caesars Arena. And then they started talking with the Pistons, and out of that came the notion of a combined entity, 313 Presents, that would ultimately become Detroit's premier live entertainment company because you're putting together the two primary forces in the market and creating this, you know, one-of-a-kind portfolio of six different venues. Yeah. And we participate and help the soundboard with a few things. So you could even yeah. say it's it's seven venues. And so we can have a very long-lasting relationship with an artist through different stages of their lives. We are in certainly the concert business, music and comedy. We do family shows. We do theatricals. We do sporting events, all different types of things. Now we do these drive-throughs and immersive events that are non-traditional. And so 
I think that that they both had a vision that combining forces was going to allow us to have a greater impact on the entertainment business and to take advantage of some of what we both recognize as Detroiters, which is we love live mm. entertainment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I, it, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the, the renaissance in Detroit may have it started. The genesis may have been with the acquisition of the Fox Theater by the Illich family. What today, you know, coming from there to where we are today, what kind of impact does Detroit have? We all know on our lifestyle and on culture in Detroit and so on, but from a business standpoint, from an economic standpoint, what does the entertainment business mean to Detroit today? Can you frame that out for us? I don't think there's any great numbers that I can give you. And we're a private company, so mm-hmm. sharing financials is, I'm not is, looking is for confusing. F- but we are doing, you know, 350-plus shows a year. We're entertaining over 2.5 million people in the area. That's a big deal. And it brings them downtown now. And I think the entertainment business employs over seven, 8,000 people here in the Detroit region and brings in well over a billion dollars in economic impact as well. That yeah. is also a big deal. So the spinoff, the spillover from, you know, a draw well, to a helps. big event downtown from that the restaurants, restaurants to the, right, and, right. And, you know, and the bars and so on. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that's, that's extraordinary, you know, when you drive around Detroit is just how much development is going on. I don't know the last time you cruised through Brush Park or Midtown yeah. or there's all these different neighborhoods where all this residential real estate's coming together. So, yeah, bringing people downtown, bringing people downtown is just kind of fundamentally, you know, what we need to do That's at the core to, to of, bring right, Detroit, right. you know, yeah. to even greater heights. Yeah. Howard, as part of your leadership role at 313 Presents, you're also charged with growth strategy. As you look into the future, I mean, we're teed up now. 2022 is going to be another record year, as you mentioned, for you guys and for the entertainment business at large, likely. We'll see lots of growth. But where do you see growth specifically for 313 Presents in the entertainment business? Well, uh, our vision is to be one of the most admired, respected live entertainment companies in the world. So our ambition is, is, you know, is quite large. I want people to judge that over time related to the quality of our venues by the range of different shows and attractions and tours that we are bringing to Detroit. And then over time, you know, maybe even beyond, we want to make sure that anybody that comes and experiences one of our shows feels like that the service levels and the experiences were top notch. We do have a lot of latitude and, and there are a lot of interesting pathways in, in which we will grow over time. But, you know, right now we got we got our hands pretty sure, full course. with what we're doing. But does that likely come from more venues in the area or you know, where does growth come from, generally speaking, in the future? Well, you know, if you think about what we do, we promote, produce and market and sell live events, okay? So we have a fundamental capability to actually book a venue, okay? Right now we're doing six, seven venues, but we have the ability to take that core capability under the leadership of a guy who actually lives here in Birmingham named Dana Warg and bring our relationships with agents and managers and our understanding of of the business 
to many different venues, right? Yes, you could build another venue or, or acquire additional venues. That's one piece of it. Some part of it is the content, right? There's all different types of content that we can bring to our venues. What I'm excited about, what our team is excited about is additional marquee events. Mm. At the end of the month, we've got the NCAA, you know, wrestling finals. That's a big deal to be at Little Caesars Arena and to be in the city of Detroit. Every one of those sessions is going to be sold out. We had U.S. figure skating a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So the notion mm -hmm. of bringing big one-of-a-kind marquee events is, a, yeah. is another piece of it. And then I love you know, fan experience and technology and all the things that start to elevate the experience beyond where it is. Things like, you know, in-seat ordering. Mm -hmm. um, we adopted a technology at Pine Knob called Mix Halo. Right. That is just basically an app that allows you to connect into the soundboard. Hearing the clean sound right from the Hearing soundboard. Hearing the clean right, sound right, right in your earbuds. Right, right. So there's lots and lots of different capabilities that we have that we can, you know, bring to bear. I think, you know, honestly, it's only been six, seven months since we've kind of gotten back to live. We have this extraordinary summer that's going to be in front of us. And I'd love to, to tell you a little bit about that. So I kind of feel like we've, we've got our hands full, but it is a great business and there's yeah. lots of pathways to grow. I think it's interesting. I mean, growth in the business, you know, ultimately you have a calendar. And you have only so many dates you can fill and you have uh, ticket prices, which can only be pushed so far and to regardless of value. I mean, there's, you know, there's a certain audience that can spend a certain amount. You know that business well. You have to make sure you don't price yourself out of the market, obviously. But I think it's interesting you mentioned perhaps, and I want to make sure I got this right, untethering what it is that you do in your business to whether or not you own the venue or operate the venue and perhaps be an event production company booking events in other venues. Did I hear that right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Fundamentally, we know how to acquire and produce and market and sell live events. So, you know, um, you know, right now it's, it's like you and me spitballing, but that's something that we can do in many other places. Very interesting. Do you see part of the growth picture being perhaps growth? I mean, we focused heavily on Detroit, but do you see perhaps growth outside of the Detroit market into the future, regionally, nationally? Well, you know, brand Detroit is is very strong, and and we are very much inspired by the soul of Detroit, and I think that 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 is very attractive to many other markets. They want a little bit of that special sauce that, that, that we've got here. So, yes, there will be a point in time in which we, we could look beyond Detroit and to see, you know, the value of expanding our business like that. There's nothing that I could tell you that, that we're in the middle of right now, but, you know, you have the potential to do that. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. That's a really exciting notion to take the Detroit brand, the Detroit DNA, and taking that outside the Detroit market to where others might be able to participate in that culture, whatever that may be, and however you may package it. I think that's a very exciting notion. I'll tell you this, you have one of the greatest jobs in the world. I can't imagine. It's like a, a, a kid in a, a candy store. You know, here you are from the entertainment business, and you're getting to 
pick and choose what you put in front of us and how you execute it. And uh, it's a really exciting business to be in. I can't imagine a business that's more fun to be in. I mean, you know. It's still business. It's still work, of course. But wow. But, you know, listen, we all have to figure out what we want to do to to make a living and to express ourselves. And, you know, one of the things that I learned from one of my mentors, one of my heroes, is you have to really chase after that intersection of what you're really, really passionate about and what really gets you excited and what you're good at and what you can excel at. And I feel very lucky that I've been able to to do that. I think for anybody that's going to work, you know, 50 plus hours a week, you better enjoy what absolutely, you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and if you're not, you should do something about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Howard Handler, 313 Presents. Thank you so much for kind of telling us where we are in the industry today, where you guys are at 313 Presents. It's exciting to know that we're back. We're live. 2022 is going to be a record year. You've got a great uh, schedule for us this summer. It's going to be a very special summer. We've missed it. We're looking forward to getting back to it, that's for sure. And most of all, we appreciate you making our lives better by giving us the opportunity to have these experiences and create these memories. You're enriching our lives, and we appreciate it very much. We're in good hands in the entertainment business well, in listen, Detroit. Well, listen, man, I, you know, on behalf of uh, the 50 people that, that work at 313 Presents, it is an absolute pleasure for us to provide access to just amazing entertainment and these alive moments and it's a pleasure to spend some time with you you know we we love it so thanks thank you howard thank you for being on the show all right that wraps up this episode of the inside michigan business podcast be sure to subscribe to receive programming notifications and special event announcements by going to insidemichiganbusiness.com follow us on your favorite social media platform and wherever podcasts are downloaded Thank you for listening.